Welcome, welcome, welcome to Agency Life. My name is Clodagh Higgins and today we have live and direct from the UK, Martin Broadhurst. Martin, welcome so much to Agency Life. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me uh, and tolerating me for this episode. We always seem to gravitate towards each other when we're any, at any HubSpot event or HubSpot partner day or even inbound with all the thousands of people. You and I always end up seem to have in the chat. So of course I had to ask you to come on here and share your wisdom. <laughs> I think there's a general mischievousness about us. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely going to be some story or something when we do meet up. <laughs> I'm like, what have you been up to? And you go, what have you been up to? I know. Kindred souls, kindred spirit, in, inbound souls, I think. Um, tell us a little bit. You have a very interesting journey. So we're, we're going to go way back in time, way, way back from a factory floor of steel fabrication <laughs> to this wonderful world of inbound. Give us the high level on how that journey evolved. Those heady days of steel fabrication. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, going way back, dropped out of sixth form uh, and just didn't, I didn't, wasn't kind of academically minded. And in those kind of early kind of adult years, found myself just milling about, you know, having those kind of those temp jobs that we all yeah. have and the kind of didn't go to university either at this stage. So I was just kind of lost in the wilderness of, of weird roles and then found myself without a job one day. And my dad said, and he worked in steel fabrication, he said, come work with me. I went and worked with him. Now, it was one of those jobs where you'll be here six months. Got it, yeah. Five years later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I kind of didn't really know uh, how I was going to get out. Well, funnily enough, my job largely meant I was stood by a machine, pushing go, letting it run. And that would be like 20 minutes at a time. So what actually happened was... I had uh, I had a BlackBerry at the time. Don't know why I had a BlackBerry. I was hardly a high high flying businessman. <laughs> I had a BlackBerry, and um, I was very active on Twitter. So this is two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. Uh, kind of early days of Twitter, and just started getting a community of people related to my various hobbies and interests. One of which was Derby County. A big Derby County fan. Right. And then I started a blog, and I started blogging about Derby County. And next thing you know, I'm getting invited to interview players. I broke a transfer story before the local press. And I was kind of, all of a sudden, I'd got, and I'm, bearing in mind, I'm still doing a 50-hour week on the factory floor, but I'm writing my stories on you've my You've got BlackBerry. one finger on the go button, and the other hand, you get the BlackBerry going, using one finger. Got it. Okay, great visual. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, long story short, I end up, uh, I end up getting a decent following through football, and uh, end up getting voluntary redundancy. Now, at the same time, I'd just met a guy called Mark Saxby, and he used to be the news editor at the local BBC radio station. And I'd met him through an event, and he said he was going to set up a social media consultancy. It was a new thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, that's funny. I've just, you know, I've been made redundant. And... I was thinking of doing the same thing because I've got a community and I understand how to build, build community and understand content and all of that kind of stuff online. And we got together. We didn't really know each other at all. And we started a, a social media agency literally like two months later. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was it. I was, I was suddenly in the world of, of agency life. Like just like that. But that didn't last too long or did it just evolve or how, where did that kind of shift over? Two years and we did a lot of uh, consultancy. We were doing some social media management, social media strategy, particularly on the kind of B2B side. But we were doing a lot of training. We won some contracts through the local chamber of commerce. And that was a great, um, that was a great contract for us because it put us in front of literally hundreds, if not maybe a thousand or so businesses across a huge patch of the country yeah and it just opened so many doors it was it was incredible so we did that for two years um and towards the back end of that i personally found that i wanted to 
because I've always been a bit of a tinkerer, I would say. You know, not a not an Irish member of the traveling community, but a t- somebody who tinkers and things. Got it. Okay, just you know, yeah. it's a wide audience here, Martin. Wide audience. It's good, yeah, it's good okay. to good to clarify. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, so I was always playing about with things, and I I kind of stumbled upon HubSpot and the broader inbound methodology, and was. You know, I always saw that social media played a part and SEO played a part and what have you. But I was just yeah. like, the way that you bring all of this together is is through inbound. And I wanted to do more of that and move beyond just social media. Yeah. So um, I made the decision that I was going to to leave status and Mark uh, Mark still runs status to this day. They're doing, yep, they're still no going. Um, they're doing really well. Um, so, uh, hey, Mark. <laughs> hey Mark if you're listening that's great well I think you, you know you brought up something really important there that I think a lot of agencies forget because they're not a traditional business you know a, they're, they're not bricks and mortar they forget about the chamber of commerce they forget about that side of business that even if they just built a relationship did a talk attended a networking event once a quarter it's because they're online, they think online, do you know, like that, that's a really good thing. And I'd say Mark is still around because of that good start that he put in the visibility, the relationships with, with other, I guess, more traditional type businesses. Do you think that'd be fair? Yeah, I, I, I do think that the face to face side of, yeah. you know, going out and meeting people, it can't be overstated how important that is. You build those relationships over time. In fact, um, in fact, I was speaking to Mark recently and he was saying how they'd actually won a project with someone who we first spoke to in the first six months of us setting up. And he literally won a project with them. uh, Well, it was in the past 12 months, certainly. And that was years later. They just came back around and yeah. Yeah. That, If you make an impression at someone, particularly if you're, and I think agency owners probably don't make enough of this. There are a few people I know that do it very well, but going out and presenting, Mm. presenting, giving a talk, sharing the expertise, telling people what's on the horizon with changes to Google, changes to uh, Facebook advertising, how LinkedIn can be effective. This is something that is a massive missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, Breaking it down for people. Yeah because you know so much. So which came first then? Did you get meet? Did you have the catapult opportunity with Dawn or did it, was it the other way where you left before? Which, which, how did that overlap yeah. happen? So, um, so yeah, I, I left and was kind of, in fact, it was funny because I, I, I was kind of torn between wanting to do inbound as a kind of agency offer. Right. Or, at the time, I was, and I still am, uh, a big UFC mixed martial arts fan. This is <laughs> way before uh, the likes of Conor McGregor or anyone was on the scene. Long time before. John, John, what's his name? John Patrice. What's the Canadian? I, I only know one. And then I remember George Kimba. And Kimba, who died <laughs> far too young. Far too young. <laughs> uh, yeah, George St. Pierre. Mm, that's right. Yes. Uh, so it's around that, that time. And uh, I... I was thinking about setting up a, an, an e-commerce site selling MMA apparel. Right. Okay. One choice. Option A. <laughs> My wife wasn't totally convinced that. Really? that was I wonder why. Like <laughs> what? A idea, given that I'd never stepped foot in an MMA gym in my life <laughs> and my relationship with MMA was entirely through the television. <laughs> okay. You hadn't even been to one of the live. I've been to a, a yeah, I've been to a few live events. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, like that was it. Not exactly qualified. A little bit more qualifications on the other side of things. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so as I was discussing this one day uh, with my friend Dawn, who's the uh, owner and founder at Catapult, uh, she said, "Well, rather than you know doing an e-commerce MMA site." Before you do that, and I'm sure it'll be a runaway success, before you do that, <laughs> why don't you uh, come see us? We're currently using a lot of freelancers for, for digital marketing. Let's see if there's something we could do. So I went in and, uh, yeah, the, the kind of long story short is we, within a couple of months, we got, uh, we, we were HubSpot partners. Yeah. And within a few months, I think it was within four or five months, we'd got gold 
partner status. Amazing. Tiered, and uh, yeah, we we really we really went at it quite hard in those yeah. in those days. What, you were an early adopter with EOS as well when it came to that, um, with the Entrepreneurial Operating System, if, if anyone's interested, um, the book Traction by Dino Wickman is, is kind of how you get started with that. Um, something to, key to the success of the business or, you know, what are your points about um, EOS itself as it worked for your agency? Yeah, EOS was such an interesting journey for us. It was one of those, um, it's one of those books and I would recommend everybody read it, particularly if you're if you find yourself in a position going, I, something's not quite working. Right. And I yeah. can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. And then you just want to, you, you want to level up and it brings together all of these amazing tools. So I went to, uh, it was a talk by Marissa Smith. Good old Marissa. Yeah. Inbound. And I went away and I read the book or I think I must have read like the first three chapters or something. It was just like, we we are we are doing this yes um so i uh shared that with dawn dawn read it again three chapters in she's like we're all in on this <laughs> <laughs> even just the first three chapters yeah yeah it, because it just brings together so it, it basically spells out all of these issues within your business and that's right yeah uh, so it resonated so much with us and yeah we had a real journey with it as a, as a business we uh it forced us to address some some big issues. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I guess in some respects, ultimately, it was it was how I ended up leaving Catapult because yeah. the core focus of the business changed. Yeah. Um, and it, it it gives you a framework within which leadership teams, in particular, can have those sometimes difficult and challenging conversations. Yeah, because that's one of the things that you figure out really quickly. I remember us talking about that at that time where it's like, okay, I'm in this role. That's my title, but this is not my role. These are not my responsibilities. These are not my numbers. And too often, I, 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 I do this so many times with agencies. They find a job for a person and they have a great company of great people doing jobs, but it hasn't been thrown in the EOS way where it's like, let's write down all the things we do here and let's group those things that we do into an actual role. And we can call it, you know, chief emperor of strategy. And nobody cares about the title. The title is not important. And, and it is really interesting when you stop building jobs around people, not that you don't care about the people, but if people aren't doing what they're really good at and have a passion for it, uh, which is something that you said was about having the right people, right seats and the commitment to lifelong learning in the in, like a community of learning, which is, it's almost like a spin-off of what EOS dictates in that. Yeah. The RPRS right people in the right seats was, was important. And yeah. you know, when you introduce a system like EOS, there's, there is change within the business it is going to create some, yeah. some flux and some people are going to get on board and some people aren't going to get on board yeah. and we were advised at the start of the journey that, that there will be some people that leave it will be a kind of natural turnaround some people don't like the structure some people embrace the structure um so and we definitely experienced that we we saw some people leave and yeah. we saw some people come in and embrace the opportunity and I say embrace the opportunity. It's not like the other people didn't embrace the opportunity. They just didn't like yeah. what it was presenting. Um, Those things. the core that, values. Just, yeah. Sorry. Just on go the, on. Uh, yeah, go on ahead. The, the, the curiosity. We, we came up with the, the core values. And, and that was really important in terms of getting, getting people in, knowing what it is that defines the business and who should work there and how you operate. So we had... Uh, simplicity was a core value i think truth be told we struggled with that one quite a bit that that was more okay. in hindsight that was maybe more aspirational i was going to say it sounds like an aspirational one especially in a digital yeah. um, agency <laughs> it, it, it was there, were, there was complexity and we weren't able to reduce the to, you know making things simple isn't simple yeah no um continuous curiosity uh 
Isn't it funny? I've, I've been out of the business like three <laughs> months and already they have gone. But one of them was continuous curiosity. And oh, that, that was a big thing. We had to we had to stay on top of that. Yeah. We wanted people that had an appetite to learn new things because that's where you uh, sometimes uncover the magic for a client. Yeah. By, by focusing on that learning. It's a huge part of it. But when, when, so what are the sort of things that you noticed in the resistance when you were talking about EOS? Because I'm going through this uh, quite a bit right now where the perception of what a level 10 meeting is to the rest of the company is, is it's, it's, it's almost like they don't, I've, I've explained it and I've shared the videos and I've told them it's a business methodology, but somehow it's come across as a hierarchy and it's like, no, no, it's a, it's an output. Share with me some of the kind of resistance that you saw with your team with regards to the changes and EOS. Yeah, um, I, I, I think one of the issues is sometimes in the way that people implement. So, for instance, um, we ended up in such a way that, again, this goes back to not necessarily being as simple as we should have been. Yeah. We ended up with too many LTEMs. Maybe that was a that was a flaw of the way that we implemented. We weren't nice. mindful of the fact that, that we just created way too many layers. You know, we were a team of 25 people. Right. And, and we were having uh, probably too many, uh, too many level tens. So that was something that that's something to bear in mind. Yeah. A, a bit of resistance. To be honest, I think most people got on board with the structure. People seem to like rocks more so than, you know, objectives, traditional objectives. And this yeah. is something that I've been aware of for a long time. Corporate objectives can shift within 12 months. Yeah. So how can you expect one person to, you know, you, you sit down on January 1st and say, right, December 31st, this is what you should have achieved. Yeah. Now you get to the middle of June and all of a sudden they're kind of reviewing their objectives going, well, that's not relevant anymore. That's not relevant anymore. That's not relevant anymore. So how can I pass my objectives? Where, whereas focusing on a 90-day right. cycle and yeah. breaking that back as well. I think pe- the kind of um, the, the, having that vision, the, the VTO is so important, the vision traction organizer, which yeah. says to people, who are we? Why do we do what we do? Where do we fit within the market? And in 10 years, where do we want to be? Yeah. And then you can break that back into the three-year picture the, the the one year plan yeah and then into rocks so everybody knows that okay i've got these rocks and it's not like i say 365 day objective it's i've got this rock because i need to have completed these things in order for the team the, the business whatever to be at this stage in a year yeah and we want to be at that stage in a year to be at this point in three and yeah. so on and they so can forth. see part of the they're part of the journey because they've seen the whole path Exactly. Yeah. It's tangible to them. Yeah. It, it has a meaningful, it's not just a, oh, I'm doing this thing again. I'm, it, it plays a part in the bigger picture. Yeah. When, when uh, EOS was coming in and, and when you were told you might lose some people, did it cross your mind that you would be one of those people that would eventually <laughs> make a choice to say, hmm, perhaps not for me. T- tell us about <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, that was about understanding uh, the the focus of the business and where where the strength of the business was going to to lie. And yeah. we were told from the off um, that you know having a laser focus on one thing was going to be what was the, the the real strength of the business. Yeah. And we did a lot. Uh, and to when I first joined the business we were kind of, we were a, we, an integrated marketing agency. It was kind of, it was yeah. very broad. We worked in a lot of different sectors. It was creative design, digital video, you name it. And um, over that time, really Catapult developed to, into kind of two core offerings. And it was business to business inbound marketing. Right. And also a guest experience uh, kind of, uh, guest experience offer for the theme park and attractions industry oh wow very neat theming design kind of guest yeah. audits it's, they're very different things 
Yeah, there's no common thread there at all, really, is there? And was it the, was that because of some of the experience in the business? Yeah, yes, okay. absolutely. It was, it yeah. was experience in the business. It was um, the networks and, and some of the customers that Catapult had been working with for for many years, right. and, and you know it was, that was a focus. And I think we you can't square that circle no and an eos like i say really allowed us to it took a long time took a long time for us to get there but ultimately where we arrived at was these these can't coexist um under the same offering right and now you know that we had the well i I stepped away from the business and uh catapult was a very laser focused offer and to be frank is doing very well yeah and uh, I, you know, I hope they absolutely crush it because they deserve it uh, yeah so you raised a really good point they, and like you they will because you contributed to so much of that <laughs> infrastructure but there does come a time it's an evolution of business it's an evolution of things there does come a time where you know if, you, if you're talking to an agency owner out there that is going through a couple of things like what are the sort of things that you did in order to make that transition because you're all friends you're all everyone was amicable and there was no messes left you know like if someone's sitting there now going I'm in a partnership I work with a lot of partners some of them are husband and wife teams so that's going to be another awkward conversation <laughs> If they want to leave, maybe they just want to leave the agency. They don't want to leave the marriage. But if someone is there right now, you know, some of these relationships are friendships like yours. What would be kind of the the key things that you think, you know what, I did that well, or actually I could have done that better when you were leaving? Um, I would say that just to be, and this is actually more of a rule for life rather than just in the (laughs) circumstances, but just be, just be open and honest. And quite frankly, don't be a dick great philosophy (laughs) yeah i mean it's no more complicated than that really if you go into it and say there's no hidden agenda this is this is the scenario you can go into it and be very open and honest and know that there's no there's no scheming or anything like that then then it should work out for the best i think where it comes unstuck and i say this not having experiences but having seen this you know I've now left two agencies yeah and I'm still friends with yeah you said Mark was calling you the other day like that's great yeah I'm I'm in touch with both yeah and it just I think it's about being open and honest about you know your personal reasons for right wherever whatever that may be or or just being honest about the situation so yeah like just holding that and going you know what's the most important thing that you maintain the friendship right so having that discussion and going the most important thing is this but I'm not happy and then we're going to work on a plan to 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 do this or who knows by sitting down and having a conversation it could unlock well actually what I think is you should be doing this other role you know someone is sitting in an agency and one guy doesn't want to talk to the other guy and they're they're just kind of just working away but really if they sat down and went are you happy I'd rather be doing this and they go well I'm not happy I'd rather be doing that because that's agency life. You are constantly evolving. There's new opportunities coming out all the time and you have to evolve. Absolutely. And I would say more, more generally, again, leadership teams just need to be open and honest. They need to be very clear in the way that they communicate and give yeah. themselves a proper forum to have those conversations. Yeah. And I think one of the certainly what I found my experience with EOS was that EOS gives you those, those moments. It gives you that structure. Yeah. You have your quarterly management uh, days with the, with the the quarterly agenda. Yeah. Which also looks at things like the trust builders, uh, which is a set of tools that enables leadership teams to, to know that everyone's got each other's backs and how to have uh, healthy conflict. That's right. I, I, I'm a strong believer in healthy conflict. Um, mm-hmm. A bit of friction is yep. is necessary. And, and healthy that's... debate. We're we're reared on it in this side of the world, aren't we? <laughs> we're well up for it. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, I think that's that's key. So so when when you speak up, it's not um, you know people don't jump on you as you know, and give you a hard time. In fact, I heard a story recently about a. A software company where the 
the management is is toxic and it sounded awful where people if there's a disagreement with the uh, the operations director it, it's you know you, you, it's almost a, an instant dismissal i've heard stories about staff members getting up out of a team meeting leaving the room in tears can you imagine and the directors saying good riddance we don't need them that's not the kind of people we need here wow. just like this these horrible environment now that's that's awful if you're in that environment leave there's no um, like there's no reason to stay yeah no reason for that at all um super so you know there might be an agency owner out there thinking about you know there could be life after this you've done one of the coolest things that i just highly highly recommend in between jobs in between jobs take a few weeks off how many weeks are you now <laughs> uh i think i think i'm at week 12 week 12 congratulations that is fantastic what could an agency owner who's thinking of leaving and taking some time off be doing with their days? What do you be doing with your days? Because you're a busy man now. You're not easy to get a hold of. <laughs> uh, I know. It's funny, actually, how your diary, diary soon fills up. Well, uh, if they were so inclined like I am, they might yeah. want to get involved in some sort of civic responsibility. Amazing. Um, <laughs> It's one thing that I do, which has taken up quite a bit of my time, is I chair a uh, the Skills and Employment Board, yeah. which is a local uh, local authority. It's kind of a partnership between the local enterprise partnership across the region and then the county and the city's local authorities. And it brings businesses together and we discuss what the needs of local businesses are in order to fill the skills pipeline. And we look at everything from uh, kind of post 16 through to adult learners, NEETs, so they're not in education, employment and training. Um, the people that have been the kind of long-term unemployed and how you get them back into working. And nice. that's taken up quite a bit of my time. Wow. That, I mean, if you're really wanting for things to do, get an Audible subscription and just hammer <laughs> it. <laughs> I have done that. Have new friends like Michelle Obama <laughs> as your new friend, yeah. listening to stuff. And you've done some. You when well, you were involved in some teaching and lecturing before, right? So I, I think that's something I, I actually always tell agency owners: they should be out talking and lecturing anyway, because you'll meet that um, student skill set and, and it's good for recruitment, <laughs> a little bit self-centered of me, but again, good for presentation. Those, those kids will ask you some good questions, but that's something you've done in the past or, or you're still doing it now from teaching and education. Yeah, I teach, uh, it's the equivalent to kind of undergrad level. Um, okay. Or I do digital strategy. It's a chartered institute of marketing. Right. Course. Uh, I'm a tutor for that and I do some you're other. teaching at the Chartered <laughs> Institute of Marketing well it, I, I teach I tutor one of their courses you I tutor one of those courses yeah, which yeah. is a long way off that factory floor and pressing the go button well it, done it, it is yeah yeah that's amazing it, yeah no I'm, I'm quite pleased with that uh, <laughs> yeah but in that so while, while I was working at that at that factory, I started doing an open university degree. I did um, uh, politics, philosophy, and economics. Which, okay. And I started that when I was at the factory, and it just it was a bit of a juxtaposition between right. my day to day life and my studies. That was a bit odd. That's mad, <laughs> but would lead to a lot of what what's going on in your day life now. I've seen a few Instagram posts about where you're getting. <laughs> wound up by the current political situation in your country yeah, yeah we are not uh, going to talk about because this is a not four hour podcast <laughs> uh, yeah, but you definitely have, still have a passion for that as <laughs> which i know some of the things that i've been asking agency owners around is just tell us a time where you had this massive aha moment in the business where you just went you were doing one thing and then it hit you because those aha moments are really great knowledge bites for our agency owners out there yeah, so for me, actually, it was, and I have touched on this already, it was when I was at Status and we were yeah. very focused on, on the social media side of things. And I realized that there were new technologies and methodologies that were on the rise that I just wanted to be a part of. And I think really the harm, that, that 
I, I, I kind of been closed off to a lot of that. I've been so mm. engulfed in what I knew. And I can't remember how I came across Inbound, but it just opened up this new world. And I guess the advice there would be always, always be kind of horizon scanning for, okay. for, for what's, what's coming. Don't be closed off and say, this is us and this is us forever. Yeah. If, I can, if I can say anything for Catapult, and I can say a lot for Catapult, it's a great company. Yeah. Um, that, they changed so much. That, you know, that was a business founded in 2001. That was, wow. That was doing, you know, you can go into their offices and probably still find VHS tapes that they were producing for, <laughs> for customers way back then. Right, yeah. And that, you know, that, that's gone from brand design through to theme park, theming, guest experience via inbound marketing right cycling campaigns and also you know it's kind of it's evolved yeah over time and i would say as a as an agency owner don't be afraid to 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 change and to embrace new opportunities in fact i remember speaking to you about inbound specifically yeah. and hubspot a couple of probably a couple of years ago and we had a discussion about inbound agencies just um being open to more technology platforms than just hubspot because so many were just wedded to the correct to the one tool yeah and there was a potential missed opportunity uh, by not looking at other partnership programs yeah and and looking at well gaining benefits from a different complementary uh, things you know it's now called the tool stack i think we had predicted that we were talking about it but yeah to not be um, just singularly focused because customers are going to want different things and and good point on the change uh, what i've noticed uh, is the change isn't change now it is 75% keeping what you have with an eye on the 25% that is going to change and doing it that way like what i see a lot of agency owners do is coming in especially post inbound they're like busy coke bottles coming into the office full of amazing ideas and implementing change straight away and then there's a lot of change fatigue that happens because the rest of the company goes here we go another idea that isn't going to be finished mm. so the 75 percent of going okay we this is what we do we're doing inbound campaigns we're doing them in this way but with 25 percent of your eye vision on the on the future on the horizon to go what implement what tool are we going to use in ai that's going to come through this like in the future it's that vision and if you are going to implement anything in an agency, you have to have a lot of checklists on done before you present an idea <laughs> because the, you might be great. And, and as agency owners, we're super enthusiastic and going, I've got this great idea and I just built it at the weekend because, you know, that's what we do. Meanwhile, your staff member is sitting there going, I do not want to change one more thing this week. You know, like, so they, they're tired of change. So you have to do it in a way going, I've it done and this is how it works. And I'm thinking, what do you think? And more that kind of style is um, a little bit more important. Organizational whiplash. <laughs> is, you know, I've experienced it and I've, I've seen it happen a lot. Uh, it, it's an interesting trait, and I think it's an interesting trait of the of the visionary yeah. type of uh, agency owner. And yeah. so many agency owners, I think, are are visionaries. If anyone's listening and is unaware of the EOS visionary integrator relationship between yeah. uh, people at the top of an organisation, I would recommend uh, reading the book Rocket Fuel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is around that relationship, isn't it? Around the visionary. Um, yeah. And it's just a similar thing I've written in my own book is around, it's actually a personality type as well. The entrepreneur versus employee. Oh. <laughs> We're so yeah. comfortable flying around by the seat of our pants, making up things, doing this, that, and the other, and coming up with an idea and executing it. Whereas an employee wants security, wants stability, and they like finishing things. Whereas we leave a trail of destruction behind us sometimes, you know, for not, if someone doesn't come along and tidy up after. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So organizational whiplash, love, great terminology. This is a real life podcast. One of the feedback that I had when I was uh, doing some research on what people might want is to just hear some real life stories. So it hasn't all been, you know, stars and fantastic things there has been some mistakes and that you you talked about a couple of them spring to mind you know 
mistakes that you go, you know, and this isn't about the kind of what happened. It's more about what not to do for other agency owners. And there was a couple there. One of them you talked about the senior relationships that manage uh, that really matter to clients. We could talk about that one first start. Yeah, that <laughs> that caught me out a couple of times, and I should have learned. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, so often we sell in to senior teams as leaders within an organization, yes. senior managers, we sell in to senior managers. Now, obviously, depending on the type of organization, if there's a handoff process where you're handing off an account to a, I don't know, a marketing manager, yeah. and you still own the relationship with the managing director, then fine. Yeah. But where it's the senior person that is kind of the client side, I mean, where that senior yeah. member is still involved in the day to day, maybe not, you know, proofing every blog post, for instance, it, yeah. but, but kind of still, still with their finger on the pulse of the activity. Sometimes that handover process needs to be managed a little more carefully. And I think right. what I probably, I, I say I was certainly guilty of when I saw, um, I saw happen a few times, um, was maybe not, not nurturing that relationship as strongly as I re really ought to have not kept my finger on the pulse of, of, of the account. Yeah. Uh, not had a, not had a regular check-in and I, yeah, I think, again, I think it was, I think it might've been Marissa Smith as well, who said, you know, you want to treat those senior staff as, you know, whether it's a chief executive or managing director or whoever, you want to treat them as a friend. You want them yeah. to, to, to be your friend and, Yes, you don't want to necessarily bring them in on every kind of uh, status update in the week or status mm. call, but take them out for, for dinner, for drinks once a month, because you want to be able to have that direct conversation with them when, yeah. when either, you know, sometimes, sometimes the agency isn't delivering the results and you need to get to the bottom of that. Is that because actually client side, they're not giving you enough, right. enough bandwidth yeah, to, to be able to to facilitate the ideas and the strategy or yeah and you want to if you can have a chat with them and go look you know mary isn't helping our account manager in here she doesn't seem to be able to get the blog post over to us in time is everything all right with her is that instead of having an absolute rip roar and row do you know like there's no point um, is there anything you think you could have is is that do you think it could have been as simple as that just the odd dinner the odd drinks or is there anything else you think you that because it is a tough one you, especially when agency owners are the sales people in the beginning yeah um you know my tip number one tip there is as soon as you can get out of the sales process get out of the sales process and have a salesperson who isn't owning the business and emotionally involved in the business and able to make rash decisions standing in front of a client is my kind of number one tip so but is there anything you think you could have done there then with that um i think it would have been building more of a um, a handover process and just make sure that um, it's just being mindful. It's no more yeah. complicated than that to the truth be told. You can try and overcomplicate these things and think, Oh, what systems or processes could I have done? But, but just being mindful that you can't just kind of sell in the, sell in the, this is all the amazing stuff that we can do for you. Mm. Uh, here's my account manager. See, see you later. In, yeah. See you in the never. Um, yeah. You know, make sure you've got a six month process where you're on the status calls on a weekly basis. Yeah. And then maybe it goes to fortnightly then it goes to monthly. And then maybe you're doing your check-ins with the senior team because yeah. you, know, you want to make sure that you're delivering value and that's just good housekeeping for your agency yeah. anyway. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I probably, if I was to think about it in a rhythmic kind of sense of the way, I love that idea, transitioning yourself out. First of all, you're on the, the weekly check-ins and then you phase into the monthly. So if you were to look at it in a cadence, it's like ideally your account manager should be doing a, a weekly update. You know, end of the week might be an email and a quick call. A monthly report done on Zoom, walked through or in person, depending on that. Maybe the quarterly one is a quarterly presentation from the account manager back to you so that you're up to date with it. And then together you either go and do a Zoom call with the client 
and maybe every second quarter you'll go and take them out for something do you know yeah. or if they're too busy send them a, a present or a chat or, or just something you know to go we haven't had a chance to catch up but enjoy this bottle of wine or something so good really good tip there Re- i really like that that's that's really good another um another one that you'd said about picking you have a story about picking good fit clients. <laughs> uh, how, yeah. how important that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, uh, did I give a particular example? Uh, or is there any that come to mind? Or have they all just faded away? No, no. <laughs> I don't know if you gave an example, but did, does a story come to mind of a bad fit client? <laughs> um, one thing, a, a useful tool that I got from uh, doing the sales training through HubSpot was the prospect fit matrix. And assume, this, this was a real game changer for us in the, in the sales process. And it was understanding what a good account was going to be. Right. And, and, and knowing, uh, just, just spotting those early warning signs because we've all had clients where it might not be their fault. No. But the relationship just is kind of doomed from yes and if you know what to look for then you can save everybody a lot of time and bother because those relationships trying to trying to flog a dead horse from day Mm -hmm. one is is is, you know you over service you probably under deliver the client's never happy from day one and if you know what to spot early then you could just nip that in the bud at the, the sales process. We had a criteria in the end, which was you must have, doesn't matter about the size scale of the business, you've got to have a dedicated marketing manager or someone that's dedicated to marketing. Right. Not, not someone that's, uh, you know, not the, you could be a 10 million pound business where the, you've got a sales and marketing director. Yeah. Mm, are you a sales director? Or yeah. <laughs> just a bit of marketing, and actually, you farm out some of the I don't know exhibition stand design to a uh, to to someone that works in the admin team. Right. In which case, when I'm chasing you for, or when you know when the team is chasing you for uh, approval on something, it's way down your list of priorities. Not going to get done. <laughs> so, so that's a bad fit. Just, yeah, that's a bad fit. They're just, well, that's two completely different job roles. You know, yeah. like really. So, so that kind of thing was a, was a good one. Um, having never worked with an agency before, if, yeah. if you've never worked with an agency, was a big red flag again. Um, good point. Yeah, you're I only think, educating them how it all works. <laughs> exactly, and and you can have unrealistic expectations, all of that kind of stuff. And they might have worked with a freelancer or, or what have you, but yeah, yeah that um, that was important. But yeah, identifying uh, and and it's important. One clarification on that identifying a good fit client that's not identifying your dream client i think right. that's where people might get that wrong where they where they go this is what we want them to look like we want them to nobody's perfect like no. move past the perfect world You've, you're basically putting in what is the uh what is the base level if, if anything you're saying you're just defining what is your worst possible yes <laughs> rather than your absolute best it's yeah. it's it's what's the lowest was the minimum criteria we expect from someone and as soon as you know that you'll be doing yourself a favor by as part and building that into your sales cycle so when you're going through the sales process when you're doing your your band qualification or right. you're, you know, you're doing that kind of exploratory piece in the sales process um you can work out whether they're a good fit or not yeah exactly i want an exercise i've been um give, telling agencies to do is just go back through your last five clients that you um maybe maybe you do three that you liked and three that you didn't like and talk about the personalities of the, the key people that you were working with because sometimes it's actually a personality thing you know they could be in totally different industries but you know why did you get on with jack well he was proactive. He answered his emails. He responded. <laughs> he understood our language. That's a persona that you want to work with. You know, as long as they have the money and the time and you're on the budget, you know, like that's someone you want to work with, you know, like someone who responds to emails in a, in a, in a, a timely manner or th- little things. So I, I ask people to go back to the personalities of the people that you were working with. Forget the industry, forget what you were doing for them and see if there's some common threads there. It could be 
a shared interest in Derby County. It could be God knows, but those things do make a difference. I, it makes a huge difference on on how you handle that account yeah. as well. And I was actually having this conversation with uh, with an old colleague, actually. Uh, but we were saying about, you know, the accounts that you enjoyed working on were, it wasn't necessarily the industry. It could have been <laughs> Anything. manufacturing or recruitment, whatever. It yeah. was where you clicked with the people. You were on a level yeah. with that client. They understood you had shared vision, shared goals. You yeah. all realized that, the relationship, yes, it's a it's a client and an agency. It's a professional working relationship, yeah. With, but you're all in it together, and it's uh, not that you know, it's not master and servant. Yeah, it has to be partnership, hundred percent. It has to, on both sides. Yeah, that's so cool. So um, uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, you know we could be here all day, you and I, and I'm sure we have all day. Do you know, like <laughs> I've done all my calls for the day, so we have the afternoon. But in the spirit of keeping it to a podcast within a reasonable length, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions now. You must have an amazing morning ritual right now because you have you know four hours <laughs> before you sit down and do your tasks yeah. what, what kind of things are do you are you doing where you know on a on a personal level for your um, routines and things that you would advise people on any tips on those um <laughs> on a day-to-day i mean I, stay curious is, yeah is my personal philosophy that's not just from you know that was a value at, at catapult as an agency that's how i operate so i'm always striving to learn something and i don't necessarily think it's about learning one thing every day people talk about that kind of try and learn one new thing every day no no yeah. just just be open to new ideas challenge assumptions mm. this goes back to what i was saying about uh social media marketing and then breaking off into into to HubSpot um, yeah. and inbound, you know, be open to new ideas and want to learn new things. I, 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 even though I've got all the time in the world, I'm still, still getting busy. up every morning. I'm, I'm still busy, and I'm still I had to book you time. in. It might just see. I just check your schedule. <laughs> I, I know it, it, it is absurd. Um, you recommend Linda was one of the tips that you use. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, tell us more about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, take your pick on any of these platforms, but I personally really enjoy LinkedIn Learning or Lynda.com. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible development tool, I, whether it's the kind of I want to get better at photography skill or it's I want to do better performance management. I want to have yeah. better time handling. So short. Um, you can download them on your phone. You can play them as podcasts. Uh, really, really useful platform. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot but also i mean there's, there's podcasts everywhere isn't there there's there's stuff like this tune into interesting people telling interesting real world uh stories about about their day-to-day experience yeah. what's challenged them what's pushed them to to work better um, yeah and, and some variety and, and different things that you go, oh, I wouldn't normally listen to that. You know, I think the consumption with podcasts is one of the reasons I reignited this one. I just find myself listening to them making dinner or in the car, uh, up and down the road. It's, it's a bit of company, to be honest. It's like having the chats. Do you know what I mean? It's like it is having someone having the chats in the background. Um, but also, uh, I used to be an amazing reader when there was, uh, wasn't, wasn't a picture of me from the age of five to 12 that I'd book in my hand. And then I just stopped because it just, it's something that dropped off and I, you know, it's a disappointing, but Audible is just an incredible way to do that for, for me to do that. Um, speaking of one of the books that you kind of accredit, um, one of the things I'm asking agency owners, because, uh, you know, and our previous agency owners is it is a very all consuming business. Like it, it can be just, you know, all the time taken over and it really can impact your relationships. I'm asking people, you know, what sort of tips do you have when you're, when you're working with your, living with your partner and um, you, you weren't an agency couple. I, I 
stumbled across loads of them, by the way. Can you imagine? Nuts. And uh, they're fantastic wow. nut bags. It's great crack talking to them. But imagine you, you were talking. I don't, I don't about, know how they do it. I, I don't know how they do it, but I have great podcasts coming up about how they do. <laughs> so it's, it's great. I'm sure I'm going to have a row on one of them. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> we'll add to it. But <laughs> you were saying one of the books that you were reading was Radical Candor. And you were very lucky to have your wife uh, is, is very entrepreneurial interested as well like she is a career-minded person so talk to me about how you manage those difficult times in your relationship when you were in the agency yeah so we both work or worked you know it was long hours she's public sector uh, oh, okay. authority. Um, but it you know career-minded long hours um, and it can be stressful particularly when you're both in the in the midst of it you uh, and obviously the the kind of peaks and troughs of our working lives you don't always peak at the same time and yeah hopefully yeah it's not all crazy if it's down that you're crazy they're not yeah um but we've we found that a really simple thing it's a you know get getting up at the same time and i'm still doing this even while i'm a man of indulgent leisure <laughs> uh, a house, i love you but house husband love yeah. it <laughs> I'm still getting up at the same time, cooking yeah. breakfast, having that together, and and we use breakfast as a as a sounding board. I know couples who who never talk about work. They, right. You know, they they come home from work, and there might be a ten minute kind of window of how was work today, honey? Blah 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 blah, and then yeah. it's kind of let's <laughs> let's crack on with life. Yeah. We speak about it a lot. We we do talk about it, and we share. We share insights. She works in communications and press relations and mm. like that. So there's, there is an element of overlap, the kind of comms and marketing space. Yeah. So, um, but also the kind of leadership and management stuff, you know, when you're a line manager, how do you deal with different um, personalities, different people issues? Yeah. Um, we quite quite honestly we we just talk a lot we have very open lines of communication and say oh what's what's grinding your gears today and, and yeah you, you can just tell and and we bounce ideas off each other and um that's incredible I, think- I love the start of the day is a great one before it's all too much at the end of the day like to start the day off going what are you going into what are you heading into <laughs> she which must- in some respects is even worse because it's like how terrible is this thing going to be today <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well it's uh, yes and no it's kind of like setting you off for going what are you going to get when she comes back in the door <laughs> and vice versa when you're back out there again I don't know it's something um, it's worth a try I think this is all just giving some tips to people you know who some I, I do I have worked with couples in the past uh, usually by the time I get to them <laughs> we're at some interesting stages of, of where things are with the business but I think it's worth trying those things going let's try a cup of coffee in the morning talk about what's going up let's try that you know I, I think if you're working together it's a different situation isn't yeah it? that is a <laughs> I, I, to be, I, I applaud those that do it. I think I, I would have been divorced or jailed. <laughs> yeah. what, are the only yeah. two possible outcomes there. I know. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 it is it's such an intense world, and then to to put that in, but there there's some sturdy bunch, which is pretty cool. Out there today, can you imagine? There is right now. There's a HubSpot um, or a software as a service. Any of the Marketos or the Pardos, they are signing up an agency, maybe a new agency into the digital marketing world, the inbound world, the tech stack, growth stack, <laughs> whatever it's being called today. Thank you. Uh, imagine you. someone's just starting out. Can you imagine that? Like this is their first week, you know, what kind of advice would you give to an agency coming into this world today? Uh, I would say, remember that you're not selling the technology. Brilliant one. one. Yes. That- you're not leading with that. Yeah. No. I, I used to say, because <laughs> I was working, when I worked in HubSpot, I was the first point of contact after the salesperson. So the salesperson would sell it to the agency and then I was the consultant. And my first line was, congratulations, you've purchased HubSpot. Now stop talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody cares. And they would be like, what? 
no, I want to tell everyone my great purchase. And I was like, nobody cares. Now let's go and do some work <laughs> on your own business. And then we can talk about it afterwards. And great it, point. It is so tempting to do. So, so don't lead with that. Remember you are selling services. That is the core and understand what you do and do not do. Um, I, I spoke to a, or I'm aware, I didn't actually um, speak to them directly, but I'm aware of an agency that was a digital, full service digital agency. And they went through the ERS process and they found their niche and they stripped back and went entirely on link building and blogger outreach. Everything else, they wow. just killed. Wow. They just did that. And they went from something like 20 staff down to about five and then back up to a comfortable 10. And they found what they did and, and excelled at that thing. Yeah. So I think knowing that is, is important. Understanding what you do and don't do. Yeah. Because it can be tempting to organizational whiplash. We've already referenced it. Ooh, shiny yeah. thing, shiny thing, shiny thing. Another shiny thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all kind of magpies in that. Oh, so true. Um, and another thing I would say is, um, well, actually, it goes back to my previous point. Learn what a good fit customer is. That will take time for you to to understand, particularly yeah. when you're moving from selling projects to retained work. Mm. If, you're, if your agency has been built around doing web projects and branding projects and design projects, and it's been very ad hoc, yeah. and you're moving into the world of retained services, that transition is going to... It's going to be tricky. Yeah. Um, and getting your systems and processes is enough of a, of a worry. Operationally, that's going to take some time to, to figure out. Yeah. But more importantly, work out what is a good and bad fit customer and be prepared to sack the bad fit customers. Don't, don't hang on to clients just because it's billing. Yeah. And it can be tempting to say, this person is giving us X many thousands of pounds per month we can't afford to lose them. The reality is a lot of the time you can't afford to keep them, keep them either. Yeah. You should go out are. and get better fit. I just said, I pulled my phone up there just to look on Google prospect. Tell me what it is again. Cause if I can find the link, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the prospect fit uh, matrix. Prospect fit matrix. Yeah. yeah. I'll see um, prospect fit matrix um, HubSpot. It would be, wouldn't it? it well, yeah, it was a HubSpot tool. Yeah. It, it might, might Maybe if we put the, if I give the link here, it might just come up. There's some blog posts about it. So yeah, it looks like it's still available. Oh, and good old impact. God, I love them. Hey, they got one up for second. Aren't they great? Of course. Of good course, old sure. impact. Nick Sal would have been like, hang on, I can do that. Uh, so yeah, so we do, I can put it in the show notes, but people can go and just look that up. A great tip. I loved it. So we spoke about Twitter very early on. Are you still up there now live chatting away? Where would people find you if they wanted to drop you a line and say hi? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at MP Broadhurst. That's Martin Peter Broadhurst, not Member of Parliament, which every- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, no, it's just, it's just my initial. I know everyone thinks I'm a queen, but then... <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> and so um so are you uh looking forward to the next phase or will we find you there on twitter and stay tuned to what you're going to do next yeah yeah so we do that it's like the next installment <laughs> i um i'm going to be joining a uh it's a internal communications and performance management SaaS company called staff circle I'll be joining those guys in April. Uh, so I've got some projects I'm wrapping up between now and then. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. That's a, I'm going client side. That's so cool. And it's, um, it would have been an area like you've, we've, we've, I think there's something we've both been interested in is the human side of things. It's how I ended up working with Grow It and talking more about the humans and the people and the personal development and all of that side of things. So that sounds like a really interesting company, something to get your teeth into. Yeah, I'm really fascinated because I think employee engagement um, is so important. Everything from that initial onboarding of a member of staff, um, particularly with with remote workers in large organisations, how do you keep someone that's out on the road? I don't know, they're a a service engineer that very rarely comes into the office. And how do you keep those engaged with the the company? How do you keep them loyal? How do you keep them uh, attuned to where where the company's heading? Um, Yeah. And... That's what Staff Circle is all about. It's about making sure that um, 
any member of staff, whether they're out on the road in the van on their own, or they're in an office working with everybody else, they, they hear the same thing. They wow. The yeah. That they're not, um, they're not being excluded because they're not in the office. Exactly. Um, that sounds like something a lot of agencies who have remote staff need. <laughs> so I'll let's, right. Cause I, we've I, I just had the, one of the first podcast interviews was an um, agency in Chile, uh, husband and wife team, and they have uh, Spanish speaking staff in about six countries incredible but and some of them they have not met physically yet they haven't haven't organized like a, a team building event so we will stay very tuned to staff circle and find out what that's going to be like martin an absolute pleasure the only thing missing was a drink do you know but sure the next time i will miss you not seeing you at the hubspot events maybe you'll wangle your way over to inbound you just won't be on the partner track you'll be on the other side yeah yeah, yeah. but otherwise it's been you're a part by the food trucks You'll be on the food trucks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Martin. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And I look forward to tuning into future episodes. Bye-bye.